Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from the Smut Studio in Venice Beach, California, with my co-host Joey Nocho Prano. Hello, Andy. Hello, Joe. <laughs> Is that we're all doing tug now? We're all doing tug doing me. <laughs> doing we're tug doing me. <laughs> Hello, Tugless. Uh, Tug's an interesting cat. Yeah. How was your? Uh, I only watched a few seconds of the episode last episode that we did. Tug's great. He's always great. I listened when he filled in for me. He he adapts in any way. It's like he's here with you, gang up on Ruther a little, you know. Then when he's here in for you, he, uh, you know, he fits that mold of the straight guy. He's gonna play it pretty straight. Yeah, I saw the clip you put up on uh, Twitter too. I I felt like he uh, he filled in for me nicely. You were doing like a bit, and he was just playing on his phone. <laughs> He's like laughing. I was like, "Is he la- Is he looking? Is he watching a YouTube video? Is he on Vine?" The thing with Tug is he has so many like interesting people he follows on Twitter, so he's always ready to grab the phone. Yeah, and basically, oh, this tweet, you know, this dive, and then, but he's he's got facts. Yeah, and he's ready. He, he's a fact machine. He's ready to. Uh, he's ready to <clears throat> spread those wings and launch his own. Dirty sports branded yeah, sports podcast. I can't, I can't wait to hear what that sounds like. I think it's going to be a lot of betting based. You know, he's all about the point spreads. Yeah, I know. He loves them. And he did pretty well last week. He was eight. Oh, I guess he was 50 50. Yeah, so he got eight out of 16. You and I got seven. So after two weeks, you have a point lead on me. And we still have to decide on that bet. Yeah. We'll, uh, We'll decide on that bet and before these before these games happen, and we'll announce our bet on Monday. Perfect. Perfect. Well, we are going to do week three preview, some college football stuff, uh, talk a little baseball. Obviously, the- I, I, obviously before we get going, I, I just want to uh, thank all the dirt balls for the kind words. It's, uh, it's been a rough week, uh, even though this is something that was probably – you know, uh, uh, I knew was coming for a while. Uh, when it finally happened, it was definitely um, it was definitely uh, really rough to fight through. Uh, Eli Manning's been benched by the New York Giants. It's, uh, <laughs> didn't uh, you know? The day finally comes. <laughs> the day finally oh comes. Oh my and, god! <laughs> and so I'm in all black. And um, I appreciate all the thoughts and prayers that I got uh, for my quarterback getting sent to the bench. That's why you're Joey No Chill. <laughs> that is why you're Joey No Chill. Um, always ready to make a joke. Yeah, in all seriousness, no, uh, though, thank you for everybody who sent thoughts uh, and, and all the things, all the messages about my dad as well. There was a moment on, uh, on Monday or 
yeah, I guess it would have been Monday when when the Eli news comes out or Tuesday when the Eli news comes out and you had just dropped the podcast where I was playing um, Eli or dad in my mentions where I was like, ah, uh, sorry, Prano, this sucks. And I was like, Eli or dad? <laughs> um, I was I was I was pretty good. I was about 85 percent. Um, but yeah, like, like you mentioned, obviously lost my dad on uh, Sunday morning and, um, yeah, it's been, it's been a tough week all around and, uh, and I'll, I'll be here for the, for the foreseeable future. And then, uh, going back to New York in October for, uh, for, for the memorial service and all that, all that fun stuff that goes with that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we we texted a little about it. There was a great write up about your dad, which I'm sure your family really appreciated. Yeah, and yeah, I did and, as well. and shout out to Kyle Aronofsky who shared it, and Pizza Starro, and a bunch of people shared it on Twitter and on different stuff. Women's Wear Daily did the write up, which uh, for people who don't know is sort of like the, I would say it's sort of the New York Times of the fashion business. It comes yeah, out, comes out every day, and uh, obviously the way newspapers and shit have gone, it's sort of. Uh, like everything, it's gone. I, I I don't even know if they do a paper version, but they used to, and it's 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 sort of the biggest thing in fashion. So it was really cool that they put out a story about my dad um, the day after he passed. I think he came out Monday. Yeah. So uh, really cool. I think he would have been super stoked about that. Uh, quotes from Ralph Lauren and Donna Karen and big people in the business. So um, we were super excited that that happened, and um, yeah. So. Well, Joe, it's great to have you back, man. And uh, hopefully we can, you know, try to take your mind off things just for a minute. I know, look, man, like th- this this show obviously comes second to all that. But uh, we all love you, buddy. The Dirt Balls, as you can see, and, and we're happy to have you back. And and, you, and, and, and and all jokes aside, you know, it's funny. I, I messaged you. I was like, because this is something I know a lot of, a lot of dirt balls have reached out to me and said, Hey, I lost somebody. I lost my dad. I lost my mom. I lost my grandfather or whatever that have, um, have, you know, experienced something similar and they're like, it gets better. And you know, you're not going to feel right for a while. And, uh, I think I even told you like, I don't know if I'll be here Monday. I don't know if I'll be here next week. I don't know, you know, what my day to day sort of emotional, um, uh, situation is, but I do, um, take the show very seriously. And I do feel like, uh, this is one of my jobs is to be here. And I messaged you and I said, again, all jokes aside, but I had to be here. like the Eli benching is like, I have to be here. Yeah. I have to be here for my boy. And, uh, you know, if, if I go back onto the bench on Monday, so be it. But like, we, you know, we need three outs at the end of the game here. And I'm Mariano Rivera. Like, there's absolutely no way. Like, Tug isn't going to sit here and, you know, break down, you know, well, all these QBR and third quarters and sun weather against the spread. Or I'm like, I don't give a fuck, dude. Like, let's, we got to talk, we got to talk about what Eli Manning meant to the Giants, the NFL, just quarterbacks in general. And because that is obviously our top story today. You have it on the rundown. And, uh, there's so many things that are surrounding this and, and some of them, some of the Eli defenders who are out there, I think are doing a great job. And some of the people, some of the people that are questioning Eli's career, 
are just flat out embarrassing themselves, and uh, those those have to be addressed as well. So, you want to start there? Well, Ryan Clark could suck a dick. You what, see that guy? No. What did he say? He just he basically just trashed Eli Manning. What What was hilarious about Ryan Clark? First of all, Ryan Clark, one time Pro Bowler, uh, one time Pro Bowl defensive back. I'm pretty sure the way Ryan Clark has always talked about himself, if Ryan Clark was a four-time Pro Bowler and top 10 in all sorts of defensive back categories, Ryan Clark would be at the Hall of Fame outside with a bullhorn demanding he be let in. Ryan Clark is to is the Ryan Fitzpatrick of, of defensive backs, and that honestly might even be a diss to Ryan Fitzpatrick. But Ryan Clark embarrassed himself on uh, on TV. First of all, and and this is where he was most embarrassing is not only is he trashing Eli Manning, but immediately following trashing Eli Manning, he goes on like a uh, on a Cam Newton defense uh, parade. So just say you're a racist, Ryan Clark. <laughs> like you're you like the idea that you would that you're gonna. Tr- like go at Paul Feinbaum or whatever for talking up Eli Manning and then say, how dare you trash Cam Newton? It's like Cam Newton, Cam Newton is going to miss more games this week that to injury than Eli Manning has in his whole career. Well, what did he say? I, I didn't follow it. Uh, he basically, the his trashing of Eli Manning came down to, and this is, uh, you know, he he just basically said we never game planned for Eli Manning. We never game planned the way we would game plan for Aaron Rodgers. The way we'd game plan for Tom Brady, which to me is like okay, no one's ever said that you're you know that he's Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady uh, or Peyton Manning. You know what I mean? But the idea that you're going that whether or not you're game planning for somebody is uh, a testament to how good they are. It's like. He's then doing this Cam Newton thing. It's like, yeah, people game plan for Cam Newton because he's a fucking tailback as well, and he brings this dynamic thing to the game. But also, Cam Newton can't stay on the field, choked in a Super Bowl, like will never amass the stats and and career accolades that Eli Manning does because he can't stay healthy. And like the idea that you're going to go on national TV and compare those two people and how they should be treated is honestly kind of an embarrassment to the sport of football or the fact that you're on TV allowed to talk about it. Well, I don't want to compare those two, but I, I would pose this to you as an Eli defender. What would you say to people who say since the second Super Bowl, he has more losses than any other quarterback? And that's over a what? A seven the eight-year period. Well, what do you say to that? The the argument, uh, you know, it, it's funny that the the people that want to talk about Eli Manning and his success with the New York Giants, like as a team, they they want to play both sides of this coin where they go, he's his record is five hundred. He's had these five bad seasons. And you're like, he has two Super Bowls. It's like, let's not, you know, Super Bowl is a team accomplishment. It's like, yes, so's record. Yeah, so's So's like winning percentage. Like there are guys, Dan Fouts is in the Hall of Fame, and his he has a, a losing record. You know, uh, I believe Warren Moon's a game under five hundred. Joe, Joe Namath. It's like we want to talk about the team success of the New York Giants, but then you want to dismiss the team success when it comes at the highest level, and when it comes to him winning the Super Bowl as the Super Bowl MVP. 
Like, do you want to say that Eli Manning is solely responsible for this? Because here's what I would say to the people that want to criticize Eli Manning's record. Look at the other quarterbacks that are in his class. Uh, And by that, I mean his draft class and the other quarterbacks uh, who have been in the league with him. It's like there are guys who have had great teams surrounding them all the time, and therefore they put up these great records, and their statistics are comparable to Eli Manning, but then they don't achieve the things that he did in terms of success, like, again, Phillip Rivers, and now we're going to suddenly point to the the winning percentage. It's like, I don't know if it's a knock on Eli Manning that he hasn't, like, his team hasn't been successful because we know what Eli Manning is able to achieve with a good team. We don't know that Phillip Rivers can or will ever achieve that with the great teams that he's been handed. So what is more impressive or what do you want for your quarterback? You want to go 11-5 and every year and lose in the second round of the playoffs? Or do you want to go be good sometimes, be bad sometimes, and win a Super Bowl if you have the chance to get there? And you know, that would be the, the argument that I would make for people like, look at Ben Roethlisberger. It, let's talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers right now. If you were going to try to replace Ben Roethlisberger with the Pittsburgh Steelers starting today, not with Kyle Rudolph or what, what, Mason Rudolph or whatever the fuck his name is, but like what you would want in a quarterback to replace Ben Roethlisberger, you'd want somebody that gives you comparable stats to Ben Roethlisberger, can stay healthy, and could ever beat the Patriots. So basically you want Eli Manning to be the quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like the, if you were to look at Ben Roethlisberger and Eli Manning's career, statistically in what they've been able to accomplish throughout their career, they're right there. They're both seven and eight and whatever and yards and touchdowns. The two knocks on Ben Roethlisberger, Ben Roethlisberger can't stay on the field at this point. Ben Roethlisberger has yet in his career to win a big game against the New England Patriots. And in the last few years, when they've arguably had more talented teams, he's gotten fucking boat raced by them. So would you rather have Eli Manning and miss the playoffs? Or would you ever rather have Ben Roethlisberger get there and have no shot to win against the Belichicks and the Patriots and the whatever team happened, like you happen to be going up against? Yeah. Well, you are, it's interesting that you bring them up because I, I was actually seeing something about the Steelers this week, and uh, I, I think it's a little misleading how successful they've been. You know, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. You know, they won the Super Bowl in 2008. Since then, they have missed the playoffs four times and never made it back to the Super Bowl. Right. So. So since then, as I look real quickly, their record is three and three. Let's see here. It's five and four in the playoffs. So it's about 500. Meanwhile, you've had at least good, if not on some seasons, great defenses. Offensive line in Pittsburgh has been generally great. Weapons out the ass. From, it just seems like they're always reloading the Wallace, the Antonio Brown, Juju, Le'Veon Bell, 
Connor, like there all there's always been weapons there. Who's the tight end? Miller? Yeah. He was real good. Yep. And they get there uh, and not to mention they're not they haven't been in the historically most successful division in football. They've been in a division with the Bengals have been there. The Browns have have been too like this is something that I talked about last year. If you take away just Ben Roethlisberger's 18 wins against the Browns or 25 wins against the Browns, he's like lost one game against the Browns and tied one game against the Browns. Like his career record goes takes a drastic dip if you just make him 500 against the Browns. Well, he dominated the Bengals too. I know right. that for a fact. Right. So, you know, I, I love Ben Roethlisberger and I think Ben Roethlisberger is a no doubt Hall of Famer. And that's that's the other thing that people are doing right now is like this this question of whether or not Eli Manning is a Hall of Famer, to which the only real question is, if you're going to do that, I pulled this up yesterday. This is the top, this is the the passing yards and passing touchdowns list. So who of these guys are not Hall of Famers or going to be Hall of Famers? Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Brett Favre, Dan Marino, Philip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger, Eli Manning, Fran Tarkenton, Aaron Rodgers, John Elway, Matt Ryan. I mean, statistically, they'd all be Hall of Famers. That's the passing touchdowns list. The, is that, is that and, the top 10? That's the top 12 because Eli yeah. Manning's seven, so he's smack dab in the middle of that. The top, this is uh, passing yards. Breeze, Manning, Favre. Brady, Marino, Roethlisberger, Manning, Rivers, Elway, Moon, Ryan, Tarkenton. Like, you're basically what you're arguing when you're arguing that Eli Manning isn't a Hall of Famer. He's smack dab in the middle of a list of 12 basically sure thing Hall of Famers, unless you're, you want to argue Matt Ryan's not a Hall of Famer, which if his career keeps going, there's just no way that you can't say he's going to put up the statistical. And, and by the way, if you argue that my, Matt Ryan amasses all these stats and doesn't get in because he doesn't win a Super Bowl, then you're just arguing Eli Manning absolutely should be in, right? Well, so, and Matt Ryan also, what's really going to help him, he got an MVP. Right. Okay. But so you're taking these 12 guys, Eli's smack dab in the middle – and he's got two Super Bowls and two Super Bowl MVPs. So the idea that you're going to say Eli Manning isn't a Hall of Famer, you're you're basically saying he's this weird exception to this rule that if you're if you're a mass a top twelve quarterback career and you win two Super Bowls and you win two Super Bowl MVPs and you have one of those playoff runs where you play basically perfect football for four consecutive weeks that. You still aren't a Hall of Famer. It's you're just a hater. Well, obviously, not to mention if you're putting him up against guys like Fouts and Namath and Warren Moon and Aikman and guys whose stats aren't there or record isn't there, and then saying, "Look, I'm not the biggest Eli defender, as you know, as the listeners know." But if you break it on a statistical level, like you just did. There's just no way he can't be in the Hall of Fame. And also, you have to go back to the longevity. You have to. Which, if you... Look at this year. How many quarterbacks yeah. are going down? Breeze. Roethlisberger. Cam. Rodgers has never been able to stay healthy. Yeah. 
Exactly. And and that, again, is something that I have said before. If you look at a quarterback and you're just basing them on the games they played, that's not really fair because you don't know when guys have been healthy and you don't know when guys have not been healthy. Essentially playing through injury, you're not going to play as well as you do without being injured, right? So it, has Eli Manning never been fucking even hurt? We don't know. We just know he's been on the field. If you're going to look at Cam Newton's stats for his career. You have to look at what does, you know, Derek Anderson do when he comes in because that's who's quarterbacking that team. You got to look at what Mason Rudolph does when he comes back in the Steelers. Like what's Teddy Bridgewater going to do when he plays for the Saints? These are the guys who take over and are being the quarterback of that team. So the idea that, well, Bree's career percentages stop right now, it's like, but what about the fact that he's basically throwing for 0% and having a zero quarterback rating for the next six games while he's on the sideline watching, which Eli Manning has never done in his whole career, ever, not once. And, and the other thing about Eli Manning is, and, and we've said it before, it's like the LeBron James thing. I just don't know where the hate comes from for a guy who – He's just a fucking fantastic dude. Because I'll tell you this, you know, I think sometimes it comes from different things. Like I was listening to Bill Simmons today. Uh, Bill Simmons, I'm a fan of Bill Simmons. Uh, we're we're alum of the same high school. Uh, I I've always liked his show. I the only show shows I listen to is when I think he has a good guest or when he does pick the lines with Sal, which was what I was listening to today. He did. Uh, he trashes Eli regularly yeah but of course he's a patriots Patriots fan fan. so you got to take you always got to take that into consideration like what is the hate between certain people but he said this today uh he was talking about um the eagles falcons game and he was trashing Matt Ryan, and this was almost another classic Matt Ryan game where they lost, and Dan Quinn's trash. Then he went to the Eagles, and he goes, Carson Wentz played pretty great. I thought Carson Wentz looked pretty good. Now, Carson Wentz had to miss a couple snaps because he got injured, which he's been injured the last two seasons. But he goes, I thought Carson Wentz looked pretty good. So here's Carson Wentz's stats for the game. 25 for 43 for 231 with one touchdown and two interceptions. That's what... Bill Simmons thought, looked pretty good. This guy who can win an MVP. Eli Manning's stats the, the same day against a better defense before he gets benched, 26 for 45, 250, one touchdown, and two interceptions. Eli Manning played a better game this week, if not exactly the same game, as Carson Wentz. But guys are going, Carson Wentz looked pretty good. Carson Wentz is the future of the Eagles. Eagles fans, your, your quarterback can't stay healthy And in week two, your so-called MVP candidate is putting up the exact same stats that are causing Eli Manning to be benched for his career. I just don't understand why sometimes people look at it. Is that a great game? By no means. But people look at it and go, Eli Manning shit the bed this week. And Carson Wentz almost beat the Falcons. Well, I think there's two things in play. One... Wentz had that amazing throw where he was almost taken down for a sack. And he also had that amazing throw where he threw an interception to a guy who's already sitting down on the ground, not moving. Well, He's I, playing lawn darts with a, with a defensive back who's laying in the grass. Look, I agree, but my point is 
we sometimes forget the bad and only remember the good. Right. And I think that's, that's just human psychology right. with anything in life. Um, but I also think the factor, obviously, with the Giants is we'll get to you, uh, your opinion on them actually making this change. I, I think they're just looking for a change. And, you know, as an outsider looking in, I don't hate it. They didn't win their first two games. Whether whether that's on Eli or not... It's not. Their defense was trash. It's a bad... It, it, it's, it's a position, is what I want to say. Right. And, and, and that just doesn't go for Eli. That goes for any quarterback in the NFL. They get the blame when, more times than not, it's not their fault. You know, we can we can go down that that rabbit hole, especially if you look at take somebody like Aaron Rodgers. How many bad defenses has he had? It's like how many times does he got to put up thirty five points to win a playoff game? There's only so many times you can do that. So, uh, as someone looking in, I don't hate the move. I mean, it's early. Yeah, we're week three. Obviously, he had a really good preseason, but we'll see. I don't hate the move, and I think the like I said before, the move is inevitable. It seems to me a little bit weird that this is the time that you're going to do it, considering the Giants' upcoming schedule. Now, maybe this is part of their thinking, is that their schedule is going to get easy, but you also got to go, if if you don't put the blame on Eli Manning, which I don't know how any reasonable person could for the first two games, considering how it went down like if if you're not going to put the blame on him and you are making this change like what I don't understand I guess from the Giants thinking is are they giving up on the season and that's why they're going to Daniel Jones now they just want him to they just they go our defense is so trash we're not going to win games we may as well get this guy a couple easy starts like against the Bucks, against the Redskins um or are they trying to make the change to win games? Because if you're trying to make the change to win games, it just seems crazy to me that you let Eli Manning start. Well, first of all, that you let him start the year at $20 million, but that you let him start an away game against the Cowboys and a home game against the Bills, and then you bench him for Bucks, Redskins, Vikings, Patriots, Cardinals, Lions. So of the next six games, Bucks, uh, Bucks. Redskins, those are two winnable games, I think, regardless of who your quarterback is. Vikings, I know people, I know the Vikings have a good defense, but I still think that's a winnable game. And and honestly, do you want to, if you think that their defense is so good, do you want to serve your rookie quarterback up to them? Patriots, I think the way the Patriots are playing, no one thinks that's a winnable game, regardless of who your quarterback is. But if there's one person in the whole fucking world Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, or otherwise, that you're going to stick on the New York Giants and beat the randomly beat the Patriots. I'm going to take Eli Manning. The Cardinals, I think, is a winnable game, and the Lions is a winnable game. So you've got you know these five, six next games. You're serving up Daniel Jones. I I just don't know if the thinking is that our season's over or that like let's get him in now and get him a couple easy wins. And maybe we get some momentum going, and who knows what the fuck is going to happen. Um, I hope, as much of an Eli, like, I'm a Giants fan, as much of an Eli Manning fan as I am, doesn't mean that I'll be rooting against Daniel Jones by any means. I hope Daniel Jones 
is Jesus Christ in a, in a football helmet. I hope he walks on water. I hope he never throws an interception his whole career. I hope he wins the next 14 straight Super Bowls. I think I hope I hope that we're talking about that it's embarrassing that they started Eli Manning for two games over Jesus Christ in a football helmet. I hope he's the greatest thing ever. But I'm but what what do I think realistically? I think realistically, Daniel Jones comes in. The Giants defense still sucks. They don't win a whole lot more games, if any, than they would have won with Eli Manning. And we start talking about, oh, well, you know, they lost to the Bucs, but he looked pretty good doing this. Or, oh, two wins against the Bucs and the Redskins, but we finally got the Vikings and we saw the real Danny Dimes. He threw three picks and it's like, I'll be rooting for him. But I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of excuses made, rookie quarterback, this is new, new offense, all this stuff, as opposed to anytime Eli Manning has anything go wrong, it's this is the absolute problem with the New York football giants. I just think for all a guy gave to a football team and all a guy gave, honestly, to the NFL, Walter Payton, man of the year, all this stuff, I, I just think the man was treated with an immense amount of disrespect and still is. <coughs> We need to remake the damn Daniel. Yeah. Every time he throws a pick, damn Daniel. Yeah. <laughs> Although the damn Daniel is like a positive thing, so maybe we'll do it for when he throws throws touchdowns. Yeah. Honestly, I hope he's awesome. I hope he's awesome. And uh, I'll be watching this week. I I would not be surprised at all if the Giants are two and two when they go to play Minnesota. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if the Giants were 2-2 two and two when they go to play in Minnesota if Eli Manning was still the quarterback. It's Jamarcus Winston this week and then fucking the Washington Redskins. Well, Who Eli Manning has owned throughout his entire career. We're already teasing your picks for that game, I can already see. I can see where you're leaning on that Bucks giants Look, man, he's had a great career. The NFL's not easy, especially longevity, as we see year in and year out. It's, it's a very difficult league to play consistently. And, and you're right, and you make a point that I think a lot of people forget. These guys who stay on the field, they're playing with some serious injuries a lot of times. You never know until it leaks later on after they're retired, some of the things these guys go through. And, and that's why I, resp I respect anybody, especially the quarterback who stays in the field. And it's the same way with Phillip Rivers. You know, Stafford's been able to stay on the field since one injury. Obviously, that's one of the reasons I really love Russell Wilson. Like, these guys stay on the field, and it's not easy. Which is, you know, you don't have it on the rundown, but I think we've got a transition into it. I know the conversation started a little bit on it, but, like, the, you know, the Cam Newton news. Cam Newton's now just not showing up to practice. I tweeted last He's week. He's done. I, I think. I tweeted last week. What will the mis What body part will they blame his terrible play on this time? It's like, you know, the other thing about Eli Manning is every year, when you look at the top five quarterbacks in the league, you know the Breezes are there, and the Rodgers are there, and the Bradys are there. But throughout Eli Manning's. 15, 16 years in football, there's always a guy who's jumping up in there. Oh, Romo. Oh, Cam. Oh, this guy. And it's like, and these guys, they come and they go. Where's Alex Smith? 
who everybody was like, oh, he's an MVP, MVP candidate. Where is Tony Romo that everybody told me it was better than Eli Manning? Where's Ben Roethlisberger? And where's all these guys who go, go in and out and they're, they're watching the game from a hospital bed and you know what can't be overstated is not only did Eli Manning never miss these games, but he didn't just leave. Tony Romo's gone. Tony Romo's gone, gone. Tony Romo's been gone. Like when you're comparing the careers of Tony Romo, it's like to Eli Manning. Like Eli Manning pisses on Tony Romo's career in terms of playoff success, in terms of Super Bowls, in terms of career accolades. You're gonna be like, well, when Tony Romo was at his best. He was better than Eli Manning. And if, if, I always say it, if my aunt had a cock, she'd be my uncle. If Tony Roman could stay healthy, then what? He'd have two Super Bowls? Because Eli Manning did stay healthy. And, and, and I say it again. I've said it on this show a million times. Do the Manning brothers, who both went hundreds of games without missing a snap, were they, are, is there different calcium deposits in the water in New Orleans that makes their bones stronger? Or are these guys smart enough to not get hurt? It's not just luck. It's not just fucking, oh, Tony Romo is really unlucky. He got hurt a million times. Tony Romo also did the fucking, look, turning his back to the fucking offense and run into a goddamn defensive lineman a hundred times. And that's why he ended up a fucking chalk outline. Cam Newton's a tailback. By the way, in 2019, Joe, your aunt can become your uncle. Your uncle can become your aunt. In fact, you can have an aunt-uncle. Right. My aunt, if my aunt just identified as my uncle, she'd be, she'd be my uncle. Dude, the... Andy, I'm not even going to go here. I've, I've been gone for a week. I'm not getting canceled my first, week, my first day back. We're not talking about trans people my first day back. Eli Manning just got benched. I'm not getting canceled today. We're not going to get canceled. There's a white guy who's been removed from SNL. There's a spot open. Who knows? I was on Just for Last New Faces with Shane. Maybe they're looking around for another white guy. I'm not getting canceled today, Ruther. Today's not my day. My aunt can be anything she wants if she believes it in her heart. Good for her. She just can't be Chinese. Oh, my goodness. The times we live in. We'll do a full preview coming up on some of the other stories. But let's, uh, let's move on into some, uh, some baseball stuff as we near the finish line for the regular season. Yep. Joe, how many stadiums have you been to? I've been to 17. I believe I've been to 13. How many of those stadiums did you use promo code dirty on SeatGeek to go to a ball game? Uh, that's a great question. I bet you I've been to a ball game at 10 different stadiums using SeatGeek. You're using that code any way you can. Absolutely. $10 off. Why not? Yeah. Especially you get to this time of year in October. If your team is still in the hunt, tickets are going to be crazy expensive. You may Take that $10 off. Use it on half of one beer at a ballpark. Yeah. Or your team is out of it, and now you can get two tickets for $10. Exactly. Well, like Joe's saying, guys, SeatGeek will give you $10 off on your first SeatGeek purchase. 
All you need to do is use our promo code. So download the SeatGeek app today and use promo code DIRTY for $10 off on your first purchase. That's promo code DIRTY for $10 off on your first purchase for any live event. Okay. Your boy Alonzo is one shy of 50 bombs. Yeah, one shy of 50 bombs. He's tied Mark McGuire's former um, rookie home run record at 49. Uh, he's three shy of Aaron Judge's uh, entire rookie home run record of 52. And that and Jacob DeGrom making another late push for the Cy Young Award are pretty much all the Mets are playing for at this point. They're only three games out, but... I've seen this. I've seen, this Mets team has been three games out every week and a half for going back two months. They pull within three games and they take a dump. Uh, this I, I'd love them to prove me wrong, but I'm not. I give the Mets a five percent chance of making the playoffs, if that. And uh, now it's just about Pete Alonso breaking Aaron Judge's rookie home run record and Jacob Degrom winning the Cy Young. And I hope it happens for both of them. And honestly, the way our bullpen is. I'd almost rather that both of those things happen than us make the playoffs. If I had to choose, because with our bullpen, we're not winning the World Series. So let 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 my two guys stay happy. Pete Alonso, potentially the best position playing Met in the history of their franchise. Certainly off to a, certainly off to a hot start. We talked about this on Dirty Slides. Certainly off to a, a scorching start. Um, and then Jacob Degrom, who's you know. Arguably the best pitcher. I mean, Tom Seaver had a pretty fucking solid career, too, so he's going to be hard to catch. But Doc Gooden would have been there, obviously derailed, unlike Eli Manning, by drugs and alcohol. <laughs> Another thing you have to avoid on the pitfalls of life. <laughs> Eli Manning managed to play for the New York Giants with a back page tearing him a new asshole every week. Didn't get addicted to crack cocaine. Yeah. That's hard to do. Hard yeah. to do in the New York Times and the New York Post. And the New York Daily News up your ass every day. And there's lots of crack in New York City. Yeah. So uh, he's one ahead of my boy, Eugenio Suarez. Is it 48 home runs for my Reds? And he's a. Uh, is he a rookie as well? No. No. He's in about his, I think his fourth year. Yeah. Uh, 48 bombs. Yeah. So, dude, I'll tell you what, because I've been rooting for the Cubs or the Reds a lot recently. Um, because they're playing the Brewers and they're playing the Cubs and they're playing all these teams and Mets got to jump. The the Cincinnati Reds, and it's funny because you're my co-host, a total blind spot. Every time I look at the Reds lineup, I'm like, who the fuck are these people? They just, they just like, it's like they play in a vacuum. <laughs> like people only check in on the Reds because they're rooting against the other team. They've actually played well against the Cubs this year. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm hoping that that stays put. Yeah, they've, they've taken the majority of the series. My boy Aquino has really cooled off. <laughs> God, I was so You're hard. like, is he NL Rookie of the Year? Pilons is like, I hit 50 bombs, dude. What, did, what the fuck are you talking about? This month, Aquino has really cooled off. But, but I'm excited for the future. Yeah, you got uh, Trevor Bauer is a, a, a disaster since they traded for him. But they got some young... Grazeman good, and uh, of course... Uh, Castillo's been good. But, but yeah, so right now, the, the standings... In the American League, you have the Athletics are leading. I just want to look at the wild card. Yep. They have a two-game lead on the Rays, who then have a half-game lead on the Indians. 
and the NL is so bunched up. You have the Nationals, who have a game-and-a-half lead on both the Brewers and Cubs, who are tied for that second spot. Then the Phillies, Mets are three back. Yeah. And there's going to be a lot of uh, interdivision play down the stretch here, so it'll be, it'll be interesting to see if anybody— I think we have you guys this week, right? The Reds. Reds Mets? Yeah, I believe you're I believe you're right. I'm gonna need you guys to take a hot dump for me. Don't worry. If there's anything the people of Cincinnati know, it's a hot, smelly well, chili. Well, you know, dump. that the the other thing with the Pete Alonzo, and this was something that uh was mentioned um is he'll be playing at Great American Small Park. So Ah. It's it's gotta be good for a bomb or two, right? Yeah. Does he go opposite field at all? Uh, yeah. Because right, right field is. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't go dead. He doesn't go oppo oppo a lot, but he definitely goes to right center a bunch. Yeah. Tiny little park. No, I feel you, man. I I want to try to make it to one more Dodgers game. And we have, we still have not done our Angels game this year. We we do this every year. Yeah, we do this every year. Why? I don't know, but I like it. I love I like going to watch my boy Trout, who's. You know, leading baseball and everything again. Does he get the MVP? I know he's out for the rest of the year. Uh, or does that hurt I, his chances? I'd have to take a look. Yeah, I mean, it sucks. Both him and Yelich. Yeah, right. Right, right, right now, he'd be my MVP, but you know, he's got to do what he's got to do and take the rest of the year off. But I still think he's leading most everything because he's only been out a couple days now. That ballpark, man. There's just there's just nothing to it. Yeah. I got in an argument with somebody in Catalina about that. So, some bro who was working our hotel front desk was saying how much he loved Angel Stadium. And I was like, blinking guy, me, what? It's not terrible. That's the thing. Like, you don't have a bad time when you're there. It's just, it's just not a standout place. Yeah. I know. It's, there's just, I don't know. There's just nothing to it. I'm a little bummed. I guess, I, I don't know how. I didn't fully really pay attention enough to how the new Rams and Chargers stadium is going to look. You know there's going to be a glass thing over it? Yeah. Why? Uh, I don't know, but it's supposed to be like incredible, and then there's like this whole pointed fucking like uh, park area that's going to be outside. I know, but my thought is it's Southern California. We have great weather year-round. We're going to enclose a glass. Oh, it's not going to be a retractable situation at all? I could be wrong. Yeah. I thought for sure it would be like a retractable thing. Or maybe they're just going like a biodome, which is kind of cool too. But they, I will say they are the first, I think, to do like a glass thing over the top. Right. And then I believe it's going to be sort of open. Like it's not going to be a total – it's not going to be like a building, right? Like even if that's up top, it looks like it's almost like a, like a thing that sits over it. But I think there will be a lot of like fresh air coming in. I don't, I don't think it's going to be – like surrounded by this is how it's going to look. Can you see that? Yeah. It's basically a, a, a glass, a giant glass roof. Yeah. Looks kind of awesome. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. It's, it's going to be a greenhouse, a greenhouse. That's overly priced. Oh, it'll be dope. I can't wait. I know, but Taylor Swift has announced that she's going to be playing the stadium. Oh, she Very did. Exciting. Not a fan. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Like, 
I, were you at Were you at Laz's when I was doing my Taylor Swift bit? You have a Taylor Swift bit. Well, she has a she has a song about how much easier her life would be if she was a man. On her new album, she 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 put that out, and the next day, her entire album was the top. The all twelve songs were the top twelve songs on Spotify, or like eleven of the top twelve. I'm like, how much better would your life have been if you were the man? You'd have all twelve. Well, like how how much better can how much better could your life be than how Taylor Swift's w- life is? She better not watch Bill Burr's new special, Paper Tiger. Yeah, have you watched it? I have. It's fantastic. My favorite bit is the first lady bit. Oh my god, so good! I was laughing. Uh, I was laughing hard Tuesday night because I watched. I watched half of Burr's new special and then I went to the hostel show that I host and so I'd seen that part of the special and one of the comedians female comedians that night was ranting how much she loved Michelle Obama and I looked you know Asif Ali he's really funny yeah and uh, Asif was on the show and I looked at him and I go I guess she hasn't seen Bill Burr's bit yet and he he had seen it and we both started laughing because she's doing this whole monologue how you know, great she is, and dude, Burr is just—he's next level. He's yeah, so good. I agree. I actually liked it more than Chappelle's. You know, I might have too. Yeah. Now that I think about it, but he—and I said this on Dent Report. Actually, I—I I gave you some love, Prano. I said. I was talking about his special. I said, Joe has been saying that same thing about white women versus white men. For You've been saying it for years. White women, all the privilege of white men without the work. <laughs> Just like they, 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 still, they still have nothing to do that they, they're starting all this trouble. Yeah. Like that's who's behind all the trouble. It really is. And, and it's because they're just they're you know, historically, they're just sitting around with nothing to do. It's like it's book club for them. <laughs> Talk to a woman of color. She'll have a completely different. Yeah, that's what I experience. said. I go, you know, I go, you know, like w- black women are not, are not triggered by the things that white women are. Black women are like, just don't call me the N word. Don't shoot me while you pull me over for a fucking yeah. traffic stop. They got don't real Don't shoot problems. my boyfriend while you pull us over for a traffic stop. Yeah. And white women are like, the word, the word, blah, blah, blah. the word manhole yeah, yeah. is offensive. Please stop mansplaining to me. Black women are like, uh, officer, could you please mansplain how I should get out of the car with, so I don't get shot? I honestly, mansplaining would be fine for me right now. It's so true, dude. When he said the thought of going to a women's rally and just pulling up and be like, "Get in the kitchen," like, yeah. just the thought of that. Oh, so amazing! Absolutely amazing. Uh, college football this week. We got some games, Joe. Yeah. We got some games. I know you're turned about a couple of them. Well, I, 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 know, ha- I know you're turned, you're turned to be proven right on Harbaugh. So he's, he's an underdog in this game. I just, I, you know, like I said, I loved him, but I've, I've just given up I, at, at a certain point. Now, Michigan at Wisconsin, Wisconsin, Wisconsin favored. Does this, does, does he... Is this an opportunity for him to like bring you back in? It is. Are, are, like, are you taking apology phone calls? Like, he's like, "Hey, baby, sorry I did you wrong. I, I know you caught me out at the bar with Army, but I just, you know, just want to talk to you." 
Like, are, are, are you open to hearing from Jim Harbaugh? I am open. Or do you block his text? No, no, no. I haven't blocked Did his text. Did you want to follow yet. him on Instagram? No. <laughs> I'm still open. I'm still open. Like, you know, I made a big— By the way, that's my favorite thing, like, of 2019 is, like, when, like, the Jamal Adams thing, when people start going, like, oh, he unfollowed this person on Instagram. That's how you know it's done. Basically, if you follow on somebody on Instagram, you're, you're, you're burying them. They're, you're completely dead to somebody if they've unfollowed you on Instagram. Do people not know about mute? Mute that shit. But that's the thing. It's this power move that, like, I'm going to unfollow, and people will know I unfollow. I love when athletes like Antonio Brown unfollows the Raiders yeah. while he's still playing for the Raiders. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. No, I, I, I haven't blocked Harbaugh. He can redeem himself. But he doesn't redeem himself this week. You think they lose? Well, I don't know if they lose. I'm saying to get a full redemption from me, you got to beat Ohio State. Okay. Uh, at Wisconsin, they're three-point dogs. This, this line swung big time. I just think the quarterback situation— I've watched enough of Michigan. Their quarterback situation with Shea Patterson— it just isn't stable they're, for me. They're the new LSU. Now that LSU's found the quarterback, they're the new, like, everything's great but the quarterback. Yeah. Um, I, I haven't really watched Wisconsin. I, I don't like Big Ten football that much. I think if you're, if you're a, a coach in college football, what you should do is not even try to recruit a quarterback. Just wait to see who Saban recruits and then just immediately call whoever – ends up being second on the death chart and be like, do you want to start immediately? You can start tomorrow. Come to Michigan. You're like, you haven't even watched me play. It's like, no, nah, but I know you're better than our guy. <laughs> I mean, Jalen Hurts, is Jalen Hurts going to win the Heisman? He could. But that's also, we discussed this on the show. I also, no Bama quarterback has been good in the NFL. Right. Like, I, I think, I think like, what is it? Suck for Tua or whatever? Tank for Tua. Tank for Tua. I would not touch Tua. No, me either. Me either. I agree. Like, stay away from those. Ba- now, now, other play- position players. I mean, yeah. Bama is just churning out yeah. running backs, receivers, defensive players. You name it. But I wouldn't touch a Bama quarterback. Um, I don't know. I, you know, I, I want to go against Michigan, but they are the underdog, which I think helps them. I don't know. I mean, I, what, what? As far as picking the game, yeah. I pick Michigan because I don't know or or care. But uh, Camp Randall, it's where the Badgers play. Okay. It looks like it'd be a lot of fun to go to a game there. That's all. And is that in, where is that? Madison. Madison, right. People get turned. Yeah. I've never been, but uh, it looks like a lot of fun. Then we have, these are just the top. By the way, what are the records of all these teams? Is everybody undefeated? Everybody's undefeated but Texas A&M on this list. Because they lost to. They got smoked by Clemson. Right. So Auburn at Texas A&M. A&M's a favorite, but I don't really have a say in that one. The big one, you know me. I got, I got a shit on Notre Dame. I right. just got a shit on Notre Dame. Right. I, the Andy Ruther shitting on Notre Dame began yesterday on Twitter where a flat earther was trying to argue with me. When I saw that stat on ESPN, I was full blinking guy me. But now the stat, I didn't look. I, I quickly posted it, but it was something about Notre Dame's record against like top five teams, right? Which I, I don't expect it to be right. Like twelve I, I, and six. Like I wonder, I wonder what Georgia's record is against top five teams. You can't get any worse though. The, Notre Dame's record in their last nineteen games against top five teams is one in eighteen. 
one and eighteen. Dude, you can't get any worse. Brian Kelly's well, record. You could be 0 19. Okay. You could be 0 19. I mean, first thing, you couldn't get any worse. You could, but yeah. Brian Kelly, who I actually like as a coach, yeah. former University of Cincinnati coach, his record against top five teams since he took over, he's 0 6. They're losing by an average of 17 points. So my argument again is this about Notre Dame it's just they're. They're always put too high on this pedestal. Dude, if he's losing top five games by an average of 17 points, that means a lot of times they didn't belong there. Didn't belong where? Scheduled against top five teams? Playoffs what, what against you, top like, five teams? I, I bet you, I you know, like when you look at the SEC, like obviously the SEC is the dominant conference in college football. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of – Georgia is a top five team right now. Uh, LSU is. LSU is a top Bama five is. team. Bama is a top five team. So, you know, South Carolina, Tennessee, for example, Kentucky, they're all going to play these teams. What do you think South Carolina's record is against top five teams in the last 20 years? 0-100? It's probably not good, but the difference is they always have Notre Dame ranked so highly. That's all I'm saying. Right. That's always been my beef. So a couple of years ago, Notre Dame beat Georgia. Yeah. And that was one of the things that made them launch into the national discussion. And like the idea that but people. But Georgia at that time was ranked around like 23rd. It wasn't. Uh, what, like two years ago? I think Whatever. so. I like, okay. I could be wrong. Anyway, the point is Notre Dame is ranked what right now? Seven. And Georgia is. Uh, three or four. Okay. And Notre Dame's a 14 and a half point underdog. So, it's not like they're like, oh, it's a pick em game. I will say, I, even though they've struggled, that's just such... If, if you had a gun to my head, it's a big spread. Big spread. It's in Georgia. What percent chance do you give of Notre Dame winning the game outright? Well, in the words of Kevin Garnett, anything is possible! I'll give him a 12% chance. Okay. So does does the Andy Ruther, Notre Dame is overrated, uh, House of Cards fall down if Notre Dame wins in Georgia as a 14.5-point underdog? I mean, it falls down for this season. Congrats. Then they'll be 2-18 in their last 20 games against top five teams. I just – what I would like to see is – a breakdown of teams that are in the top 10 a lot, how they have fared against other top five teams. Yeah. My point is, if you looked at LSU, it's going to be a better record. If you looked at Bama, it's going to be a better record. If you looked at Clemson, it's going to be better record. Well, certainly Bama is going to be a better record, right? Yeah. But Clemson's been good for the last three seasons. Four think, or five seasons. Okay. You think it's re- you think before that it was really going to be a lot better? Do you think over the years Clemson before they were the national powerhouse? Do you think they were beating the Florida States, who are a top five team in the ACC every year? Or but again, I'm just my, saying my, I, I know what you're saying. But again, I'm my, saying there there are standouts that for sure have it. But then there's also a lot of teams that probably play it. Like I, again, I go to the team Notre Dame's playing. I, I feel like Georgia every year a top ten team. Every year, nowhere to be found at the end of the season. Well, they have because they, they lose to the Auburn. They have they the last two seasons. Right, they've been right there. Right, and but forever, 
They lose and 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 again, even George Lasset, like they didn't win a championship. You know? But they're in those games. Georgia loses to Bama in the championship in overtime. Georgia last year takes Bama to overtime in the SEC championship. That, again, that's that's my argument against Notre Dame is that they're just getting blown out the water in these games. If Brian Kelly's losing by an average of 17 points against top five teams, he's not even coming close. And you're right, and that's probably why the line is so big is that they're basing a lot of this off history – Vegas and they're saying you guys can't compete against top five teams which also also almost makes me want to hedge my bet and say they will cover I think that's actually not a bad bet for a return just them to cover the spread to win oh value wise value wise yeah be insane yeah it'd be crazy it's probably plus 400 or something put 100 bucks down yeah you make some change back on that I'll watch the game, though. It's, it's a night game. It's 5 o'clock Saturday night. Have you been to Athens? I think we've discussed no, this. No, I have not. Great campus. Yeah. Some of the most beautiful women. I'd, I, want, I'd honestly, uh, as, as great as I've heard, the you know, Georgia, University of Georgia women are, first of all, I'm too old to be, like, scoping college girls, but also. And, are and, you? Yeah, and as much as, like, uh, you know, Georgia is a great, football school and they have a history or whatever i if i was in athens i'd basically be going on an rem tour they're like where did rem play their first bar show like that'd be that'd be me in athens i'd just be on a rock and roll history tour is there i want to think there's somebody else that came out of there too i think the b-52s or something like that <laughs> really i think so the b-52s they might have written love shack in athens they allow gay people in Athens? Well, love, love Shack's about uh, the football house after they beat fucking Alabama. Gay sex? It's just a, it's just a bunch of people fucking. <laughs> but like, we're not saying all of it was consensual, but Love Shack, baby. Love Shack. Let's, let's look up the B-52s. Didn't the singer die recently from the B-52s? I don't know. I'm pretty sure he did. I think I saw that on Twitter. Man, I'm good. B-52s are an American new wave band formed in Athens, Georgia in 1976. Wow, you are good. It's pretty. It's a pretty strong pull. That's a you know, Jeopardy. You know, a, a lot, Jeopardy lot, thing, right? You there. know, a lot of people have said that my my brain has gotten soft with all the drugs and alcohol over the years, and I will say, you know, for random facts that are not helpful in any situation except for podcasts and apparently uh, the occasional <laughs> game of Trivial Pursuit, I'm like a fucking steel trap. <laughs> Ricky Wilson died of, from an AIDS-related illness in 1985. He was their guitarist. This, I think the singer recently died. If, if you, if you say so. Am I correct on that? We need verification. No. Fred Schneider. No, he's alive. <laughs> he's 68. The difference between me and you. I thought somebody died. Or did I just realize the guy died from 1985? Yeah, maybe. Maybe it wasn't the B-52s. No, former... Yeah, it's one one guy. is dead. And with that segue, Joe, I think it's time to get to our week three we NFL should, picks. I think our title should be something along the lines of Notre Dame versus the B-52s. 
How many of our millennials who listen to the show? Well, I'm hoping they at least recognize the Love Shack. I mean, that's that's like that's like a a song that crosses generations, right? Yeah, that's the kind of shit like. You know, regard like I, I'm not exactly a B52s fan. Does Shabelli know Love Shack? He wouldn't know who he he would have no idea who's responsible for it. He'd know the song. He would have to, right? Yeah. I think our boy Shabelli's gonna. Uh, like gr- if we played if we played Love Shack for Shabelli and bleeped out the Shack, he would know, right? He'd be like, "They say Love Shack." Would he? I mean, he would know now that we've said it, but. By the way, I want to read something. We're talking about millennials. I want to read something real quick before we get to the NFL picks. Shout out to our boy, John Smith. He sent this, He sent this to me. Because, you know, there's always this debate that Ruther's in denial about being a millennial. Right. That, like, I don't identify as a millennial. He sent and, th- and honestly, it's 2019. You can identify as anything you want. I identify as part of the World War II generation. Baby boomer? Yeah, I'm the the greatest generation, you know? Like, yeah. I'm, I'm all about, like, I identify as a World War II hero. I was, I, I flew planes with Ted Williams. Oh, nice. And uh, and you can't tell me that's not how I identify. You, you know how I identify? I'm going way back. I identify as an indentured servant. Wow. So for people who don't know, a lot of people came to the States back in like the 17 and 1800s to get their passage from Europe to America. They had to work on a farm for seven years. And they were called indentured servants. The reason I say that, I have been in this goddamn apartment for coming up on 10 years, so I consider myself an indentured servant. Great. Yeah, and that's how I identify. I'm, I'm happy for you. This is what John Smith sent to me. People born, this would include you, Joe Prano. The Exennials, which are considered the first millennials, born between 1977 to 1987. I don't know where he got this from, but it's everybody who's now 31 to 41. It's the largest group after the baby boomers from, it's 70 million plus people. And let me just read quickly. 87, is that what you said? 77 to 87. The Exennials, the first millennials. And this is how they describe it. It kind of makes sense. Researchers say this is one of the best generations because of their contributions to family and society. They still possess the old school work hard and survive independently attitude of Generation X while starting the tech savvy sophistication of millennials. Of all the generations, Xennials or the first millennials understand our current world the most. They were the first to experience the birth of the internet and use it. They witnessed sports greatness firsthand from Michael Jordan, Kobe, LeBron, and from Mike Tyson to Manny Pacquiao. They played the first video games but still knew how to play outside. They enjoyed great music throughout the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s in which hip-hop was born and still made sense in addition to other genres of new music. They started fashionable trends and were also the first to own the first ever iPhone. So that is the Exennials born between 87, I'm sorry, 77 to 87. Which brings me to my new rap name, Little Nas Exennial. <laughs> Riding in my tractor. <laughs> All right, let's get to this week's NFL picks. So as First I w- on the internet, they know the B-52s. <laughs> They remember Notre Dame winning a championship. That's true. The last championship for Notre Dame was 1988. Yep. Lou Holtz, Rocket Ishmael, Tony Rice. Ah, I, I was. You got it. I wasn't yep. sure of the last name. 
The, Ricky Waters wasn't there yet, was he? No, he was. He he was probably on that team, but he he started he started a couple years later. Yeah. He was, I believe, a receiver on on uh, in earliest form on the uh, on the Notre Dame. Irish, really, and then got moved to tailback. But obviously, was Ricky Waters? By the way, like low key, one of the one of the original like running backs who caught the ball out of the backfield. That's a good point. Yeah, and and that was started as a receiver at Notre Dame, moved into the backfield. So, what was his career? He went to the Eagles and the Niners. Uh, was he an Eagle first? Yeah. He was definitely he 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 kind of exploded on that Niners team that won the Super Bowl with Young. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and that when they had Dion. He was legit. Ricky Waters legit. He was legit. In now fact, if he had done it for fifteen consecutive years, he'd be in the Hall of Fame, but I'm just saying, doing it for a while is important. Yeah. Well, I hope you can see this. For some reason, it won't let me I can see it. enlarge it. Okay. So again, you have a one point lead after two weeks. We will decide on a bet idea. They've cleaned up Mildred Avenue. So have li- they? They have. So living on Mildred as a homeless guy might be out. We have to find another random street in Venice. Um, my only concern about showing up to the political rally is, is it a rally or convention? Because I'm not paying to go to a convention. Right. Do you pay to go to conventions? My point is, I don't know what city the convention's in. Right. I'm not flying to oh, like oh, right, right. Chicago yeah, no, to be, dress up like no, a dickbag. No, there'll be bag. plenty of rallies. Uh, you know, there'll be plenty of stumping. But I thought those. somebody had a great tweet saying Ruther enjoys that shit. Yeah, like Ruther will get off people yelling at him at a rally. Yeah, like I, I thought a good one could be like just like you, you like only be able to eat fast food for like two weeks and not work out. Oh, that would suck. Just like put on 40 pounds. Oh, I would hate that. Just like from the end of the season through the Super Bowl, you're only allowed to eat like out of out of fast food drive throughs and you're not allowed to work out. <laughs> Dude, I don't know if I'd agree to that. That's w- <laughs> See, this is what we're talking about. That that's that's way worse than By you- the way, I love the thing that happened where now we're doing like from the end of the season through the Super Bowl. That's a fun that's a fun angle that we did last year. That I think could be good for this year too. I think me being able to eat fast, only being able to eat fast food and not work out, is way worse than you not responding to somebody on Twitter. Although, what would what would be more difficult for for each of us? See, I think you'd like. I don't think it would be difficult for you, but I think you'd really it really fuck I, you up. I'd hate myself. Yeah. Not that I don't eat fast food at times, but like, I just feel too gross. Yeah. Just having to go at night. Pick up a bunch of food. Put a couple like egg McBuffins in the refrigerator for the morning. So oh, you get them have breakfast. No more Andy Ruther scramble. No more fuckboy scramble. No more Trader Joe's. Oh, I don't know. That'd be a tough one. We'll figure it out. Tweet us if you think that's what we should do. And I'm not allowed to work out. Yeah. You can only do like fat person's workout. You can only like power walk. <laughs> You can't break. You can't like. You can't break into like a knee bending jog. You could just like walk the beach. Oh my god, that would suck. Can I go to uh, Silent Disco? <laughs> yeah, that's ridiculous. You know they do them all the time. That's awesome. There was another one this morning next to the pier. Are you gonna go? I almost want to go once. It's twenty bucks. It's so funny because this is like this is like the kale eating kale and like fucking drinking kombucha like. Six months from now, you're gonna be like, "Silent Disco's changed my life, bro." I mean, it's twenty bucks. It's basically like fucking sound bath. 
I was just laughing. I wasn't like, granted, I was like, how much yelling? My mom was like, why are you yelling? How much Molly are these guys on? I was having fun the other day when we saw it. The entire pier was just videotaping it. Yeah. So funny. All right. So tonight's first game, we have Tennessee. They travel to Jacksonville. The Titans are a one and a half point favorite. Uh, Thursday night games, always a dumpster fire. Yeah. Uh, AFC South games. Equally always the dumbest fire. My prediction for this game is it'll be awful. Yeah. It'll just be fucking horrific to watch. Everybody's on the fucking Minshew train. I'm I'm not on the Minshew train. I, li- I like the guy, but first of all, if you're going to rock the mustache, like put a little effort in, bro. Did you paint this on with fucking Crayola markers? Uh, second of all, like it. Like he's going with it. I like his vibe. I like that he's doing the thing. It's a little too like – it's a little too like – like safe Manziel for me though. It's almost like he wants all like first win some fucking football games. Uh, I've got the Titans and I've got the Titans covering. All right, so we both agree. I I have the the Titans as well. I think Titans D is is really good. Um, you've got this. You've got this question mark about Jalen Ramsey. He's playing, but he doesn't want to be playing. He wants to be traded. All this shit. Um, I think it'll be a close game. I think it'll be a terrible game. What do you think about that, by the way? What do you think about NFL players? This seems to be a new thing. Steve Young sounded like old, angry white guy the other day. Right. No, this is the NBA. You shouldn't be demanding trades. Dude, if I play in the Dolphins, and I knew my team was tanking in a sport that's physical contact on every play, I wouldn't want to be there. Well, so, you know, the problem with it is that the... They've learned about player empowerment from the NBA and where the NFL is going to really have a hard time fucking enforcing any of this shit or like making that people not want to do this is like you're not guaranteeing any of these guys fucking contracts. You're not guaranteeing any of these guys if they get hurt. So why go out there and get the shit beat out of you? Uh, Start guaranteeing some contracts and players will play them out. Yeah. I agree. And honestly, uh, I think the quality of the NFL has gone down overall as opposed to other leagues because of that. I think teams are more likely to just let somebody go and replace them with somebody that's going to do 80% of the job. That's not something you see in other sports. And the reason that other sports is because you like they're like, why would we get a guy who's going to come in and do 80% of what you know R- Richard Jefferson does? for less money when we're already paying Richard Jefferson. Like, we have to pay him anyway. Yeah. And if we trade him, we're going to have to eat some of that money. And if, you know, or we're going to have to take back some expiring contract. It's like, that's why the NFL is like the only place where you're not actually seeing the best of the best out there. It's like the best of the best that these teams can afford. Yeah. And I think the, I think the quality of the league is is hurting overall. And I think that is showing up mostly. Would you say the NFL quality is like the Midwest quality? Yeah. Quality of life. Yeah. Yeah. They're just like, oh, we're doing it because it's only costing us 400 grand. Like them Applebee's two for 20, bro. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, it When it works for certain teams, it works. But, you know, truly, if you had to go through the league right now, how many contenders how many teams that you go i can put an x through this team that they're absolutely not winning the super bowl 
a lot. You think there's 10 teams that you would say could win the Super Bowl? I'm saying no way. 10 teams could win. No way. Well, right now, if you ask me the teams that I think could win the Super could Bowl. Could win the Super Bowl. Just look look up at the board. Just go. F- so we got Titans, Jags. No. Pats, Jets, obvious one. Bengals, Bills. No. Dolphins, Cowboys. I say Cowboys. Could win. Okay. Packers, Broncos. I say Packers. Three. Falcons, Colts. No. Viking, uh, Chiefs, Ravens. I say yes to both. Okay. So that's what? Five? Yeah. Raiders, Vikings. No. Eagles, Lions. I'll say Eagles. Cardinals, Panthers. No. Bucks, Giants. No. Texans, Chargers. This nah. is the year. This is the year the Chargers are doing it. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, yeah, they could with injuries and they could. Okay, I'm not. The Chargers aren't on my list. I'm not on. Could them. win the Super Bowl. Seahawks, Saints. A lot of play there. Like their quarterbacks, Steelers, Niners, outs, Rams, Rams, yeah, Browns, yeah, and then, uh, well, I'm out on the Bears until they get a quarterback who can play, right. So under 10 teams. Yeah. But you could say the same thing for the NBA. Yeah. No, you absolutely could say the same thing for the NBA. But the NBA, but my point is the NBA, they're stuck with what they have. Does that make sense? Like people are building a team and they're, and some teams are building their team knowing without a doubt that they're not going to win. And so they have these guys and they're going to try to trade expiring contracts to get draft picks and yada, yada, yada. Meanwhile, these teams stink and their guys aren't guaranteed like why would you sit through that yeah you're on one of the 20 teams that has zero percent chance of winning the super bowl and your contract's not guaranteed you're basically just out here going i hope i play well enough to get picked up when this contract is over by a team that could win the super bowl yeah well the jets are 23 point underdogs we're talking these some of these underdogs are like all-time record-setting dogs they have what's his name is it nick falk uh jim falk it's definitely falk it's definitely falk i know what that the, what the falk yeah <laughs> who the falk who the fuck peter is that? falk it's peter falk who the fuck is that quarterback it's peter falk he's he's got the wonky eye <laughs> he's like just one more thing <laughs> Who's Peter Falk? <laughs> Columbo. Ah, a little before my time. A little before. Uh, that's this. Generation X. <laughs> <laughs> you millennials, you guys don't know about Columbo. I know about Columbo, but I don't know about Columbo. 23, Joe. It's such a big spread. Does this reek of a backdoor cover? No, I think the, I think the I don't know what Belichick's. I don't know what like, but he's. He's pretty dead set on not fucking letting anybody score any points on him. Uh, three touchdowns, four touchdowns. Isn't that crazy? Uh, an amount of points for the Patriots. And it and they're at home. I just don't think the Jets score any points against that Pat team. I think the Patriots cover. Well, I'm going to agree with you. Did you pick the Dolphins last week? Or, you know, you picked the Pats last week. I picked the Pats last week, and I'm going to agree with you because – the Jets got three points at home against the Browns. Right. So judging from that, 
what are they going to get on the road in New England? Yeah. And New England last week against the Dolphins, 43-0. All right. The Bengals travel to Buffalo where the Bills are six-point favorites. Some early storylines for Cincinnati. It's it's their defense, which sucks. Dalton, actually, surprisingly, is second in the NFL in passing yards. John Ross is leading the NFL in receiving yards. He's had two great games. Six is big. Yeah, six is big. Uh, Bengals lost, I believe, 43-17 to at home right. to the Niners. Six is too big for me. I'm going Cincinnati. I like what I saw from the Bills last week. I like Josh Allen. I don't love that they're designed running him. Uh, he's got a big arm. I like the way he plays. He's super tough. I hope that they don't get him hurt running him around. Um, Bills looked okay last week. Like, you know, again, I put that on the Giants' defense. Uh, so maybe they looked let made Josh Allen look a lot better than he actually is, but he looked good at times. But I agree, like... In a Bills-Bengals game, I just don't see it like being like a sure thing either way. I don't care what – I don't care if this is Boomer Size and Jim Kelly. I don't care if this is Andy Dalton and Josh Allen. I don't care if this is Tyrod Taylor and fucking, you know, whoever the – some other fucking Bengal quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Uh, A.J. McCarron. Uh, I'm going the Bengals as well because I could see the Bengals winning this game even though they stink. Okay, let me hop into the YouTube comments section because people are giving bet ideas. Okay. One of you has to work for Uber or DoorDash for a weekend. People like that, but he also followed up. Ralph followed up with, the problem is I think Ruther would like working for Uber. And again, he's right. Yeah. Not going to lie. I'd like to talk to people. Also, it's a bit of a process. Oh, yeah, good point. You know, we have the background checks and shit Yeah, good point. There's too much going on there. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so we're both going Bengals. Then we have our other big point spread for the week. The Cowboys are 21.5-point favorites. I believe they said this this week they've never had two teams this big of favorites in the history of the NFL. 21.5 at home against the Dolphins. My thought process is this. Obviously, I like the Cowboys. I picked them to go to the Super Bowl. However... This is too big of a spread. They're not, they're not the New England Patriots. I see these spreads against the Pats, I, like you were saying. Bill Belichick will just keep his foot in the gas pedal. I see the Cowboys winning by three touchdowns, not 21 and a half. I'm going with the Dolphins? I know. It's crazy. Uh, until the Dolphins score a single point, um, I'm going to go with the Cowboys. <laughs> I mean, I know they're bad, and... And I don't think the Cowboys have anywhere near a defense that the Pats had. I think that the Dolphins are likely to get a dumb touchdown or two in this game. But also, like, I could, it's like, you know, 35-10 or 35-14, I guess, doesn't cover. But That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. I'm hoping for three touchdowns. That half point for me is is tough. Yeah. All right, Broncos. I'm, I'm kind of with you there, but uh, just for the sake of fun, I'll go Cowboys. Broncos travel to Green Bay where they are seven and a half point underdogs. This is another tough one for me, I'll be honest. It's a lot of points. I'm going Broncos. Broncos are 0 2. 
Offensively, they're not looking good. But I, I feel that their defense is good enough with Chubb, with uh, Von Miller. I think they can get to Aaron Rodgers. He's still been sacked a lot this year. I'm going to go Broncos to cover, Packers to win. They're, I, I agree with you. The, the Broncos have been in all their games. I mean, they had that game against the, the Bears, won, um, and then that horrific roughing the passer call. Um. Yeah, I'm with you. I think the Broncos cover. All right. Two Dome teams face off in Indy. The Colts are a point-and-a-half favorites on the Falcons. I'm starting to buy into this Colts team, Joe Prano. I'm starting to buy in a little. He's not killing it, but I agree with what Tug Coker said last episode. Jacoby Brissett so far has fit that system. Starting to change my head a little. They have a, gr- a pretty good defense, a young star defense. You have a great young running back, Mac. You got some pieces on the outside with Ebron and uh, T.Y. Hilton. I like the Colts to win and cover. I like the Falcons to win the game outright. Oh. Uh, I think that the Falcons showed me something last week against the Eagles. Um, I think that they just have too many playmakers with Ridley. I think the Falcons also see an opportunity here with Drew Brees going down. They have six weeks to take hold of this division. They need to win this game. It's inside, like you said. It's a it's a, another dome game in Indianapolis. Uh, Jacoby Brissett's played fine, but I like. All the Jacoby Brissett defenders out there who are like up in my mentions because I said he's not has zero percent chance of winning the Super Bowl. I stand by it because great if this game is a 17-14 game, the Colts have a chance to win it. If this game's 30 to 24, the Colts have zero percent chance to win it. I think that inside, I'm going shootout. I'm going Falcons. I think that was a huge win for them against the Eagles, and I think that they ride the momentum. And I think, and I'm, and I'm making it a Joey no chill money line pick. Wow. See, I wasn't too impressed against them or, or their game against the Philly or okay. against the Eagles. The Eagles were decimated with injuries. The Eagles didn't even play that well, and they still barely won that game. I don't know. I'm going Colts, man. I think I think maybe I was wrong on the Colts. We'll see. It's only two weeks, but I've been I've been impressed so far. All right, Ravens Chiefs rematch of a great game last year, a December game last year, which went into overtime. The Ravens are six and a half point dogs in Arrowhead. That is just too big of a spread for me. I like the Ravens, what they're doing so far. I like the defense. Obviously, I like how Lamar is playing. My thought process is this. They held Mahomes somewhat in check last year on the road in December. I think they can do it again. I agree with you. I think it's I, I think that spread's too big and it's sort of an obvious too big like you're like the Ravens are playing so well, the Chiefs kind of struggle with the you know like for a minute or two in in each game which you know you're not going to want to do against the Ravens, but at the same time is it too obvious? Is that my problem? Like, to me, I'm like, oh, four-point game? Yeah. Six, I'm like, six and a half. Six and a half? You know you know, what my thought process is? It's that Harbaugh's too good of a coach. 
He's going to control the game. It's a one-touchdown spread, though, still. True. I just think he's going to run the ball enough to keep it out of Mahomes' hands, rely on the running game and his defense. I don't know. I, I By the way, again, I 100% agree with everything you're saying. That like If I only 70% agreed, I'd be like, I'm going with the Ravens. It's because I 100% agree with you that I'm like, is it too obvious? What does Vegas know that I don't know? Why is it six and a half? So, so here's, here is the question. Vegas is always right. True, right? true. So it's going to be six. It's going to be around six and a half. Correct? Probably. So what's more likely? The Chiefs win by seven or the Chiefs win by six? I'm going with the Chiefs oh. because I 100% agree with everything everybody's saying. I 100% agree. I think the Ravens are in this game. I think the Ravens could win the game. A million, a million things. I, I 100% agree. I think the spread's too high. I think the Chiefs have a loss in them this year. 100%. And it's the only reason I'm going with the Chiefs. All right, Raiders travel to Minnesota, where, where this is another surprisingly high spread for me. The Vikings are eight-and-a-half-point favorites. And the Vikings have a great defense. They've been running the ball with Dalvin Cook, who currently leads the, major, the, the NFL, not the Major League, leads the NFL in rushing yards. However, again, this is too big a spread for me. I think the Raiders' defense also is good enough to stay in this game I'm going the Raiders. Yeah. Uh, Kirk Cousins loves playing uh, bad teams and looking great doing it. And I think the Vikings absolutely win this game. But the Raiders, I just feel like the Raiders are playing. The Raiders season is like, uh, is just like they're, they're taking half victories. You know what I mean? They're not good. They're not going to win fucking six games. But they'll be like, well, we almost, we put, you know, we played the Vikings stuff. We play like it's gonna be one of those things where next year we're going. Uh, John Gruden's gonna be like, yeah, last year we played, uh, played five games. We lost by under six points. You know, yeah, half those games go our way. We're an eight and eight team. Knock on wood if you're with me. You know, and it's like, oh, well, that's that's not actually a thing. You know, I identify uh, as a, as a winning coach, and uh, it's 2019, so I am a winning coach. And uh, any games that we lose by six points or less, uh, I'm I, I hate to go full millennial on you here, but I'm 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 calling them wins. Knock on wood if you're with me. <laughs> All right, so we both like the Raiders to keep it close. Lions travel to Philly, where the Eagles are six and a half point favorites. You know, I feel like I'm riding too many underdogs this week, but this is another spread. I have not been too impressed with Philly the first two weeks. They already have the injury bug. I mean, Carson Wentz is already going into the tent. Yeah. Week two. Yeah. Missing snaps. Missing snaps. The count is in. I don't know the, the health of some of their receivers from Deshaun Jackson to Alshon Jeffrey. I like the Lions to keep this close. I'm going to go Lions again, underdog. I'm with you. You're with me? Yeah. Knock on wood if you're with me. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to go. I'm not that impressed with the Eagles. Uh, I think the Eagles could absolutely 
blow out the Lions. It is a home game in Philly, but um, the the I, I just feel like the Lions just fucking hang around. They do. They they insist on hanging around. Yeah, yeah. They're they're the dog who doesn't leave your side. Yep. And he's like, bro, give me some space. By the way, have you seen more of these signs now? I put one up on... They're like a Matt Staffordshire Terrier. (laughs) (laughs) Have you seen these signs now about... uh, They're trying to stop all these idiots with bringing their their dogs everywhere? No. It's pretty wild. I saw one at the hotel I was staying at in Catalina... And I've seen more signs. Basically, I love it. For the first time, I actually agree with California people. They're trying to put an end to this therapy bullshit. Yeah. And I saw one in front of Trader Joe's. And they all said the same thing. Service dog, service dog fraud is a crime. I love how you somehow fucking shoehorned this story into the, the fucking NFL picks. You're like, we're going to talk the Lions, and then I'm definitely getting to this dog story i'm fucking sitting on <laughs> well i you know we're talking about the dogs sticking around but basically it says uh i just got to read this real quick california law allows persons with disabilities to bring trained service dogs and psychiatric service dogs but not emotional support dogs to all public places these laws include the unruh civil rights act the california disabled persons act and the fair employment and housing act so basically businesses are saying Fuck your emotional support dog. Shout out to Lachlan Patterson's new special that makes a great joke about, you know, the cat and the therapist, right? Yeah. yeah. But it's it's true though. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And and I've taken advantage of this rule when Vince was sick to take him on a flight. Um and uh I'm guilty of it as anybody. But I think also, you know, Desperate times call for desperate measures. I've never, I was never the guy that was like bringing my dog anywhere. I don't even bring my dogs to restaurants and shit like that and do the fucking, hey, sit under here while we have coffee thing. That's not my go-to move. Dog, dog can be at home. Vince used to stay at home for days, but I did, I did, I did scam this way to get him on a flight when he was dying at the end. So yeah, but that's that's acceptable. You know, you know, my issue has always been the person who. Like, legit believes it and is serious about it. Like, I need my dog here. Like, you don't give your dog space. Yeah. Give your fucking dog some space. And speaking of space, this next game is even. There is no space. Yeah, it's happening in space. Between the Panthers and the Cards <laughs> in Arizona. They're playing it They're playing it in outer space because it's, it's such a wild game. No Cam Newton. Old backdoor Murray, as I call him. Is Cam playing? No. Cam's not even at practice. Cam's out, bro. That's why this game's even. Or there's no line because they don't know about Cam yet. All right. Let me just get let me get the most updated version of this. Because I, I loaded this last night. It might have been. Okay, we do have a line now. Okay. Arizona is two and a half point favorites. Arizona is two and a half, so Cam's out. Cam's got to be out. This is the Cardinals' win. I'm going, yeah. Andy, how long no. have I been? You, 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 I almost want to pick against them. Okay. Who Who's playing quarterback? Kyle Allen. 
Who? Yes. Who? Hey, you got it. Who? <laughs> I believe his name is Kyle Allen. I believe that is his name. Why is he playing for Why is he playing quarterback for the Panthers, you ask? Kyle Allen, I'm looking this guy up right now. Why is Kyle Allen playing quarterback for the Panthers? Maybe. You might ask. By the way, this is as of 27 minutes ago. The answer is because no one listens to Joe Prano. How long have I been saying to have a fucking plan behind Cam Newton? Also, where's Will Greer? Is Will Greer hurt? Wasn't he? Didn't they draft Will Greer? Did he make the team? All right, you know what? I take back maybe possibly going for the Panthers. I got to go Cardinals in this one. I just, it's a disaster. This whole situation. Are you going Cardinals? I am. All right. We alluded to this game earlier when we talked Eli Manning, Joe. This is a spread where I was doing full. I just want to go one more time and say that I've been trying to tell Panthers organization panthers fans cam newton defenders at mike freeman nfl on twitter who blocked me for saying cam newton would, was that the bleacher report cheddar yeah, dick who said cam newton was an mvp candidate last year uh what a dork have a plan cam newton's done stick a fork in his giant fucking hat he's done he's yosemite cam he's a fucking cartoon character <laughs> yosemite cam it was a good run. It's hard to be a tailback and a quarterback in the NFL. The shelf life of a, of a tailback in the NFL is about six years. If you're lucky, when you make your quarterback your tailback, that's also what happens. I told them to have a plan. I told them to have a plan. And they, what, did, what, were the, what was the response I would get? Eli Manning sucks. I'm like, I don't know what this has to do with you guys having a quarterback. It's also a tailback. Fuck camps. Fucking so much better than Eli. Well... Eli played 16 fucking seasons without missing as many snaps as Cam Newton will miss when the first snap of this week's game goes off. And last week. And last year. And the year before. Have a plan. I told you have a plan. No listen to Pre-Nostradamus. I've got a crystal ball. Why don't you listen to me? It's not that hard. So we're both going cards. Yeah. All right, you Giants, your boy. Damn, Daniel. Travels to Tampa Bay where this... Spread I, is well, absurd? I, I, I mean, come on. It's absurd. Is it, Jamarcus Winston... Shouldn't be a six-and-a-half point favorite over anybody in football. I'm going Giants. I'm going Giants. I'm not giving you a money line pick of the week on this one. But I'm betting it. I'm betting on the Giants. And I'm excited about it. They say don't bet with your heart. I'm betting with my heart. I think Eli Manning beats this Bucks team. I just don't get that spread. But it also goes back to what you were saying earlier on the Chiefs-Ravens game. Is there something we don't know? Yeah, the Vegas, in this one, Vegas is like, well, they're starting a rookie quarterback. 
well, they're not starting Jamarcus Winston, so <laughs> works for me. I'm betting the Giants to win that game. All right. We have another bet recommendation from Zach from Houston. The loser has to wear the L chain everywhere they go until the Super Bowl is over. Ooh, that's a strong one. That's a strong one. I mean, everywhere, like on stage, working out. Just you doing the little beach workout, the L chain on. I couldn't do it. It's a tough one. You're more of a homebody than me, for sure. So this one would affect me more than it would affect you. But you also work out running, just running alone. I couldn't run. Yeah. It'd be, it's too big. Yeah. That's a tough one. You'd have to swim. You're not required. You wouldn't be required to wear it in the pool, right? He's saying everywhere. So I'd show up to the pool wearing it, take it off, jump in the pool, swim, put it right back on. Not a bad idea. I like it. This could also this also has potential of being like the bet for eternity. What do you mean? Like every year, loser just wears the fucking hell train. Now is this everywhere they go for the all the playoffs? I mean, that's a long time. It's a long time. It could be like the two weeks of between the two weeks of Super Bowl prep. Yeah, that's five weeks, right? Five weeks. Yeah. I would, adjust, I would adjust that for the two weeks leading up to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Not a bad bet. Not a bad bet. I like it. Who was that? Zach. Zach Bost. Nice. I like it. Okay. And speaking of him, his Houston Texans are three and a half point road dogs out. No, he's a, he's a Phillip Rivers Chargers fan. Oh, that's Remember? right. Remember? He, he's he, he's going to watch his hometown Houston team take on his uncle or whatever. We still have, I asked him about it when I was there. I was like, "What? how are you related to Phillip Rivers? He's, he swears that he's not. And I'm like, okay. This is weird. Like, if he's your Uncle Phil, I'd get it. Chargers are three-and-a-half-point favorites. I think there is zero home field advantage for them. Agree. I think... To spot them three and a half is ridiculous. I'm going Texans in this one. Agree. <laughs> like, when is Vegas going to learn? They don't have any home field advantage in a soccer stadium that half the fans aren't even there to see them. I could see the Texans winning this game. I, I could see this as a big, big Texans upset. And I believe that could be the beginning of the end for this Chargers team. Okay, another interesting game. Saints travel to Seattle... Four-point Seahawks favorites. It's a big spread for me, even with Teddy Bridgewater. The Seahawks' defense is suspect so far. I do have a great Russell Wilson stat, though, for you, which actually you would appreciate, Joe, because you've been on Russell not getting the ball out fast enough. I was reading an article in The Ringer today. Through two games, Russ has got the ball out quicker than any quarterback in the NFL. I did see that, and somebody sent me that stat. To which I replied with clapping hands. Uh, last week he got it out faster than anybody in so however many years or something like that. Uh, to which I replied clapping hands. I did not watch the Seahawks game last week against uh, Pittsburgh. But it sounds like in year eight 
<laughs> Russell Wilson is figuring out how to be a now he was still sacked four times in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, but at least he's fucking st- like let's start somewhere, and 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 that's honestly the the that's my criticism of Russell Wilson. The guys who scramble, the you know uh, Deshaun Watsons and the Russell Wilsons, even the Aaron Rodgers to some degree. I am fine with you taking sacks when you try to extend a play. But I, my problem with Russell Wilson has always been a lot of times he's trying to extend a play that's already over. He Get your snap, stand in the pocket, make your reads. I'm not talking about, oh, you know, they're rolling him out and no one's open and he scrambles and he, and he gets taken down behind the line of scrimmage. My problem with Russell Wilson has always been not just getting up there, making your reads, and delivering strikes. He tends to be way better in play action off of a great running game, and he tends to be great throwing the ball down the field when they set it up with play action. But in the modern NFL, take a snap, Deliver a strike on a slant pass and, you know, get a fucking bunch of yards. How come he's so good throwing the ball downfield as opposed to just throwing on short? Like, shouldn't it be easier to throw the ball short? And my problem is with Russell Wilson, not good enough, in my opinion, to be mentioned with the elite quarterbacks. If take a snap, recognize an open guy on a slant, feed him the football, especially with the playmakers that are in the NFL these days. I mean, look at what, you know, happened to Odell and Baker Mayfield. Uh, at the end of that Jets game, he just he just threw a strike to Baker uh, to Odell on the snap snap release strike touchdown. Um, so good for Russell Wilson that they've they're finally starting to chip away at this lunacy that he is behind center. But you know what? I I also think Russell Wilson is a smart guy, and I think uh, you know the difference between him and Cam Newton is Cam Newton never adjusted his game, and now he's you know, watching it from home. So, you know, maybe Russell Wilson is smart enough to adjust his game and good for him. And I've never said Russell Wilson doesn't have the potential to be an elite quarterback, but glad that he's finally getting the ball out fast enough. That being said, I'm going to take your Seahawks to win and cover. Ooh, it's a tough one for me. Tug and I went in depth about our take on Teddy Bridgewater. I thought he played fine. He didn't play great. He didn't play poorly. They dropped a lot of balls. What is your take on him? He's the most expensive backup in the NFL. Till Eli Manning. Uh, I, look, he, I think Teddy Bridgewater is grossly overrated considering the way that people have always sort of talked about him and what he was able to achieve with the Vikings, and what he was like, uh, is Teddy Bridgewater a good backup? Sure. Is he the best backup? I don't know. Maybe. You know? But that being said, the difference between Drew Brees and any backup is going to be so massive. Drew Brees is the the quality of quarterback. You know, I, I think Drew Brees is in a good system and has been in a good system with Sean Payton and obviously has weapons now 
and all that, and that's been what's you know made them contenders the past few years. But I think Drew Brees is going to be a guy who throws for 400 yards regardless of who's been on his team, and he's shown that in the past. Now, I've also said that doesn't necessarily make you a Super Bowl contender. You almost don't want your quarterback throwing for 400 yards every week. But uh, there's a huge drop-off from Brees to Bridgewater. And that's why I'm taking the Seahawks at home against the backup to win and cover. I think it's going to be a good game. Also, I could look at this being a four-point game because there's two fucking safeties because God knows the Seahawks aren't going to light it up. They did look good offensively last week. However, I'm going to go to the Saints to cover. I think it's a close game. Okay, Steelers travel to San Francisco where the 49ers are six-and-a-half-point favorites with Mason Rudolph. Too big? It's a big spread. Are the Niners good? I don't know. I don't know either. I have apologized to the Niners fans multiple times now. They have played at Tampa Bay and at Cincinnati. Two bad teams. However, you do got to travel across the country for both those games, which is never easy to go West Coast to East Coast. But I still don't know. And I even saw somebody in the YouTube comment section offended that I didn't have the Niners on my could win a Super Bowl. Yeah, they are still on that. Definitely not winning a Super Bowl. That's stupid. I don't like how big this spread is. Therefore, I am going Steelers. Even with the backup quarterback. Yeah, I... uh Maybe the Niners are my new fucking Falcons. Maybe the Niners are my new Raiders. I'm just going to, like, the Niners are just going to be following me around all year, fucking me every which way you can. I take them to cover. They're not going to cover. I take them to win. They're not going to win. Whatever. I bet against them week one. I was wrong. Maybe I'm just going to stay wrong. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the Steelers as well. But I, I, I hope I almost hope I'm wrong because it doesn't make a difference for us since we're both taking the Steelers. And yeah. good. I hope I I hope the Niners win this game and fucking win big, but Okay. Last two games, Rams head to Cleveland, Sunday night football. The Browns are three point dogs at home. I like the Rams. I'm being a homer here, 100%. Um, however, I, well, first of all, I bet against the Rams last week, and I was wrong. And uh, I think the Rams still have a very good defense as far as, you know, athletically. They this get, is a Sunday night game? This is a Sunday night game. They get after the quarterbacks. The one weakness right now with the Browns' offense is their offensive line. They get after the quarterback. They got guys that can cause fumbles, guys that can cause havoc and sacks. I like the Rams to win this game. I'm on the Browns. Oh. I'm on the Browns. I think that the Browns, uh, I don't think, by the way, I, I, a lot of people seem to think that like I'm like a Browns slurper or Browns defender at this point. I'm not at all. I just think. And I guess I was right, right in thinking so. Is I look around that division, the Bengals are going to be bad. The Steelers are bad. Um, the Ravens have looked better than I thought they would, 
But the Ravens with like I just don't see the Ravens being a thirteen win team. Now is twelve wins gonna win the division? Probably. Could eleven? Probably. I think the Browns are a playoff team. I think the Browns win ten games. And I think one of those games is this week at home in prime time. I think we saw it last week. I think we're going to see it again. I think Odell likes to show out on prime time. I think they're going to keep feeding him the ball. I think that the Rams are really good. And I think the Rams are going to play in the NFC Championship game. But I don't think the Rams are going 16-0. and and I think this is one of their L's. This game means more to the Browns than it does to the Rams, for sure. Yeah. It's going to be a good game. And if the Niners win and the Seahawks win. Then they're both 3-0. Yeah. And, well, uh, yeah, this, the Hawks are 2-0, right? The NFC West currently has three teams. Three teams that are two and L. Yeah, yeah. The only division. so that's what I'm saying. If those teams win, which they should, and the Brown and the Rams lose this game, it'd be in third place. Yeah. That being said, I still think they they do win the division, but I think they lose this game to the Browns. And uh, I think that and and almost in a way, I think it'll be good for them. Well, the last game is Bears at Redskins. Skins are four-point favorites. I'm sorry, four-point underdogs. I have not been impressed by the Bears. Defense is there again. And we talk about defenders. I just don't get these Mitchell Trubisky defenders. I just don't get them. If you're out there, he he's not progressing. I don't know what you want. This is year three. What do you want? Through two weeks of this season, he's not progressing. I'm going Skins to cover. Uh, I am going. Uh, I am going Bears to cover, um, not because of Mitchell Trubisky by any means. Um, I actually, I actually, a hundred percent agree with you. Um, hold on one second. Uh, I just think there. I just think that the. I just think the skins are not very good. And I think the Bears defense, I think this is like your Khalil Mack game, you know? I think yeah. that you've got, this is where Khalil Mack has, f- like, just flips out. Uh, I think they win and cover solely because of their defense. Um, I am not a Mitchell Trubisky defender either. And we go, we we end where we began. This is a, a great example of a guy who... The conversations are about whether or not he's a franchise quarterback. What, like, well, first of all, a lot of Bears think he's 100% their franchise quarterback. Um, the argument isn't whether or not this guy should be out of football, but whether or not he is the future of the Browns, of the Bears. Last year, Mitchell Trubisky threw for 3,223 yards with 24 TDs and 12 interceptions, and a 95.4 quarterback rating. What was his yards? What was the average? You know, on the completion average? He threw, sorry, again, three, 32. He uh, 
Let's see what his completion percentage was. Like yards he's, per he's attempt. He's 58. Oh, uh, that's uh, we got. I gotta go deep in. I gotta go back into their fucking. Okay, 2018. Uh, he completed 66 percent of his passes, and his yards per attempt were 7.4. Okay, now, again, we end where we began. Eli Manning threw for 4,299 yards last year. It's like 800 more yards, 21 touchdowns, and 11 interceptions. So, tw- like you know, we're talking about 24 and 12, 21 and 11 on a team, one team that was won their division, and another team that was fucking dog shit, and a 92.4 passer rating. I'm just saying. The conversation isn't whether or not Mitchell Trubisky is 100% washed and should be out of the league and shouldn't even isn't even qualified to be a starter on any team in football. It's whether or not he's the franchise quarterback of the Bears that can or cannot lead this team to a Super Bowl with a fucking fantastic defense. The disrespect is so real. But you're still going Bears. I'm still going Bears because of that defense. And God damn it, put fucking 2019 Eli Manning with that defense. And I'll add the Bears to the fucking Super Bowl list. Well, we have six different picks this week. So there could be a big shift in the standings after this week. But really, it won't be because no one's at, like, you know. It's never happened. We're going to go way. three and three on those picks. <laughs> and I'll have a one game lead. Guys, we still do have a hotline, although I haven't checked it in a couple weeks. 310-359-8365. We will get to some calls sometime in the next week. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Dirty Sports. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Drop an iTunes review. Get you some koozies if you leave an iTunes review. Just leave your Twitter or Instagram handle. Follow me at Andy Ruther, social media. Joe Prano. At Joe Prano on Instagram. It's all that matters. At Fix Your Life on Twitter. <laughs> it's such a sad, sad fucking state of affairs. It's about the gram these days, man. It's such a sad state of affairs that, like, how many people follow us on Instagram is, like, so important for fucking comedy. Don't say any of these 7,000 words that will get you canceled. Also, have a big Instagram following equals success in comedy. Yeah. Don't say any, and definitely don't say any of these words on your Instagram. <laughs> uh,. Yeah, that's it. That's it for me. I'm do, trying to think about. Do you think? Real, sorry, real quick. Do you think somebody's sitting on? Do you think there's anybody who's just sitting who hates me and you? A hundred percent. Who's sitting on things we've said honestly, on this show? I, honestly, I'm a little upset you're even bringing this up because now people are just like, "Well, I wasn't sitting on it, but I should be." Let's cut this from just the audio version. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. But as I said on Twitter the other day, and this is 100% honest, Andy. Yeah, I know it is. This is true. And I'm not joking around at all. I have had black guys tell me like, bro, you, you, you care infinitely about the NBA. You're Italian, which shares a lot of African blood. You drive a white Cadillac on white walls. You dress good. You dress good. You always have a great sharp sneaker game. You're basically black. To which I say... You love love hip-hop. I love hip-hop. I've always identified with black people. Yeah. I am a bit of a chameleon. You know? I 
Said this the other day. You also love Mexican people. I love Mexican people. Love Mexican food. Dated a Mexican girl. They also love Cadillacs down there. I go to surf in Mexico a lot. I've worked in the kitchen. I identify as pan-gender and pan-racial. Yeah. I identify as I, I feel like whoever I'm with, that's who I feel like I am. And honestly, sometimes I feel like I can represent groups that I am not born a part of. I feel like on this show, I am an African-American man when I stand like my heart in my hand for Colin Kaepernick and his rights as a fellow African-American in the United States of America. And, you know, for all the people out there that those Eagles fans, those Pats fans and whatever, that think they might be sitting on me saying something, just remember I said it about my people. I am a chameleon. I've always had a, I'm a cancer, you know, uh, that's my uh, astrological sign. Very emotional people. When Yoshi sits here, I feel I too am Asian. That's why we do Asian jokes. That's why we joke about how we are bad drivers. When he hit that guy in the street, that's what happened. I am pangender. I respect women because I am a woman. I respect men because I am a man. I'm bisexual. I'm transsexual. I'm all the sexuals. I'm every race. When Twerks is here, we are Native Americans. And you, being a white Midwesterner, should be ashamed of stealing our land. So if you think you're sitting on something, just remember, gay people can say the F word to each other. Black people can say the N word to each other. I can say anything to anybody because I am pangender and panracial. Yeah. I identify with all people because I have a big heart and a big mind, and I can sense and feel all of your emotions, and that is why I'm basically uh, uncancelable. Yeah, I agree. That entire assessment. And, and, and just to reiterate. Also, I want to play in the WNBA. But only the games where I'm feeling like a woman. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, I'd, you know. I want to backtrack on something I said I identify. If you remember last year, I identify, shout out to Sammy, as a black Labrador retriever. Right. So I fully expect no one to cause a scene when I, when I go to dog parks and pee and lift my leg. The only thing I don't identify as is a, a white woman. All other races of women oh, you, yeah, I identify yeah. as. Makes sense. Yeah. Nobody wants to identify as a white woman. <laughs> but they're, they're great people, and I, I wish them the best. <laughs> I'm saying that as a, as a white man, a black man, a white woman, uh, a Native American woman, an Asian woman. Although if you looked at all my haircuts, I can identify with a lot of people too. Yeah. Just saying. Don't put a label on me. Don't yeah. put a label on Joe. Please don't. I in 2019, how dare you? Yeah. I'm not just Generation X. I'm not just a millennial. I'm a Zenennial. I'm little Nas Zenennial. Xennial. I also identify as a World War II veteran, so don't talk to me about the troops. I fought the Nazis. You stormed the beaches of Normandy. Yeah. How dare you? Tell me I don't respect the troops because I th think Colin Kaepernick should be able to kneel for the anthem. I fought the Nazis. Which is impressive as, uh, as, a, as an Asian man. Not a lot of Asian men no. or, or women. Italians. Yeah. Not a lot of Asian women fought the Nazis. I did. Yeah. 
Quite the feat. I'm thinking of a Saving Private Ryan remake with you as a Asian woman, yeah, black man, Italian man. I almost did a Saving Private Lion joke, but that would be racist to my people, so I'm yeah. not going to do that. Yeah, don't do that. I could do it because I am one of them, but I'm not yeah, going to. Yeah, it's a good point. All right, guys, that's the episode. <laughs> good to have you back, Joe. And all your identities. And and Thank respect you. that. Seriously, guys. Yeah. Don't disrespect that. Because that's his body and that's how he identifies. And, and mind. Yeah. And mind. Both physically, emotionally, spiritually. That's right. Have a great weekend, guys. And you too can identify with whatever you want. We just identify that we just ask that you identify as dirty. Yes. And with that, stay dirty. <laughs>